Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another live recording of the Tile Money Podcast. I am your host, Luke Miller, and today I am joined with my, by Michael Mullet out of Canada. Uh, Michael, how are you today? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing real well. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we've You've been part of the group, the Facebook group, for pretty much as long as it's existed, so a couple years, and You've been adding value there and you're someone I talked to a while ago and I'm glad to be circling back to you. We've had a lot of discussion, a lot of questions about commercial work, commercial business, and that just happens to be your expertise. So we've got a lot to discuss today. And I wanna thank my sponsors before we get into this. Uh, Ladecree International, thank you for being a sponsor of the Tile Money Podcast and providing value to tile contractors everywhere as well as the National Tile Contractors Association, the NTCA. So thanks to both those sponsors for uh, continuing to support Tile Money Podcast and make this recording possible today. So Michael, why don't you uh, let us know where you're at and a little bit about what your business looks like, and then we'll get into kind of the, the meat of it. Sure. So um, I'm based out of uh, Newfoundland, Canada. So we're the you know, most easterly point of North America here. Yeah. Um, right out on the ocean. Um, you know, our demographic, we're a small size based, you know, people wise, a huge Island, only 500,000 of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, my business focuses on commercial work, um, recently getting into more than just flooring. Um, but we're, we're mainly a commercial contractor. We'll do the odd, uh, residential if it's a referral. Um, but we stick, you know, for the most part to commercial hospitals, hotels, um, tenant fit outs, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been in business with that? Um, so recently merged with my cousin, uh, to incorporate all aspects, we'll say of, of carpentry in the commercial field. So we've been together now since February, um, I've been involved in flooring since 2004. I started off started off with residential, doing um, actually hardwood sanding and refinishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stairs and railings, partnered with a fella, got into doing the tile work as well. And um, from there, about 2007, 2008, we got into the commercial side of things. Mm-hmm. So how this is this is interesting because this is a lot you know a lot of my audience is into residential and from time to time people talk about how do you transfer into commercial so I've asked some commercial contractors that and they said I don't know I'm second generation commercial or this has been so long that I I, I honestly don't have any advice for you so what t- talk to us about that transition why did you choose to transition into commercial and kind of how that all came about. Sure. So we started off, like I said, residential um, for quite some time. Um, And then uh, I decided, you know, after learning um, quite a bit about the commercial side of things installation wise through the union, I actually, uh, my wife got pregnant and, you know, we decided, hey, uh, let's try this steady income thing. So I went and I joined the union, Mm. uh, learned a lot. And, um, after a couple of years, it, it really wasn't for me. Mm. Um, so I left the union and when I left, um, I liked the commercial work. 
uh, itself. So then I didn't really know where to begin looking for that. So I went to the larger uh, stores and retailers in my area and applied with them as a subcontractor. Um, got in with them and, um, you know, that, that was my end to, to the commercial work. I started off through the stores, which I think is a really good way for people to get their feet wet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get paid faster. Your money is a lot more guaranteed working through the stores. You've got that security. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. So I, I love, I love that you went and worked for somebody. You went to work for the union to kind of put in your time get your feet wet. You know, uh, like you said, it, that steady paycheck was really nice during that period of your life. And, uh, I, I feel like that, that point alone is, is missing. Uh, is just goes over some people's heads. It seems like sometimes we have to put, our, put the time in and, to learn you're getting oh, paid. Sure. You're getting paid to learn. I mean, what could be better than that? Um, which is, you know, I, I'm all for supporting business owners. And that's the, that's the point of this podcast, of course. But, um, you know, I, I just think that that's, that's an important point there that you brought out, Michael. Um, so what did the stores dictate your prices or how did that work when you started, you know, going down that road? Some did, some didn't. Um, some would ask me to go and check the job out and provide them with a quote. Um, other stores, when we started, we sat down and we negotiated out, uh, some square foot pricing and, you know, minimum job pricing, things like that before we started working, had a, um, uh, put a subcontractor agreement in place. Um, that way everybody was on the same page. You know, I, I ran into my very first one, um, first store we, we got connected with, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know my commercial pricing. You know, I, I didn't know my, you know, for heat welded sheet vinyl, uh, that was a big one. Um, and I really enjoyed doing it. So I went in and, you know, I told the guys, I know my ceramic pricing and I know my hardwood pricing. I said, be fair with me on the other stuff and I'll take you at your word. Uh, <laughs> turns out they, they weren't so fair with me. Yeah. Uh, by the tune of about 50%. Wow. Wow. And we did that first year working with them. Um, there was a big push in the schools here to switch over to um, Tarkat Johnsonite Sports Floor, which is, is a nice cushion floor, anyways. So I went and did uh, 23 schools uh, kindergarten rooms that summer and, and got 50% value. We'll say on that. So that was a that was a hard lesson to learn. Wow. Yeah, that, that sounds like it. So how did you catch that, uh, that you weren't making enough money? Well, I realized when I'm working way too many hours to get what I'm making, I was still making good money, mm-hmm. but not to carry the overhead that, uh, we had, you know, a truck and, you know, had a nice truck, new tools. Um, I had a couple fellows on payroll, all that, and it was tight, too tight. So, we ended up getting a call from another store um, and we went in and talked to them about their pricing. And when they showed me their sheet vinyl prices, I didn't say anything. I just kind of went, Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I called the other store back and I said, is there any reason why a store in the same community can offer me double for the same work? And um, 
they danced around it, said that, you know, I was charging a lot for prep work and this and that. And I said, no, I said, the other store is willing to pay the exact same rates for the prep work um, and then double the price for the install. So mm. I said, something, something's not right here, boys. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. So, so what happened? Did they match the, the prices or did you go work, go find other work? Yeah, we ended that relationship. Yeah. Um, they did call me back a year later. Sure. Uh, wanting us to come back and do a few more condos that they had because at the time we were, you know, we were a subcontracting team and my team grew based on just people that I knew in the area that were uh, tradesmen and looking for work, but didn't want to go out and work on their own. We'll say run a business of their own. So, you know, I would take people on as we needed and we, they're all people that I knew and we'd have anywhere from four to 12 people working with us at any given time. Mm. Um, so we could go in and take on a nursing home, say, and do the sheet vinyl, uh, vinyl planks, ceramics, carpet, uh, take it all on because we had the people working together that had the experience to do it all. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So now today, are you still kind of subbing for stores or are you going direct to uh, builders or? So now today we're, we're bidding direct to builders, um, direct to general contractors. Um, you know, we're dealing with some hotel firms, hotel groups directly as well. Um, yeah, we don't. So Tell me about that transition. How do you go? How do you start working for builders? How do you get your name out there? How do you kind of transition out of the store model, the subcontractor, you know, um, I mean, really a sub of a sub, you know, and go direct to the source? How do, how do you make that transition? That's a lot of legwork, we'll say, you know, a lot of looking through your directories um, to find the GCs in the area. So I went and I cataloged in a nice Excel spreadsheet, all the GCs in my area, all their contact information, uh, real estate companies, um, management firms, all these different places where I knew we could potentially get work, where the people where I was getting work from were getting their jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we made a, a, you know, a big directory of all these people. Um, you know, I just started emailing. I made a nice presentation folder package with a copy of my workers' comp, my liability insurance, few references, pictures of jobs that we've done, hand-delivered them. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I didn't even get out of the parking lot before we had phone calls. It's all about how you present yourself. And, I mean, getting on the bidder's list is easy. Mm -hmm. um, you just request it. You know, they ask a few references maybe, and then all of a sudden you're, you're getting emails from the companies to start – uh, bidding prices, but I was after trying to build relationships directly with some of these companies and GCs to, you know, I, I wanted to be the preferred installer, mm -hmm. you know, um, what where, does that mean? Tell us a little bit about that. So you can, it's not always going to work. A lot of the times they do want their three quotes, mm -hmm. um, but they don't have to go with the cheapest, which what everybody thinks. Right. Um, you build that strong relationship and you, you know, they, they might come to you during this bidding process and say, Hey, uh, you know, you were high a little bit, um, if you can for this project and then you get to negotiate, you know, uh, by being a, a preferred contractor, you can start to negotiate with them a little bit. Um, 
it just helps so you don't lose that job right away. Right. Um, you know, just by being the high bidder or middle bidder, or not the lowest bidder, um, which is often the case for, you know, situations where you don't have that relationship built or where the general contractor doesn't know you. So it's, it's really important to keep that communication going um, once a week, once every two weeks, reach out to those builders that you want to do work for, talk to them, what's going on, stop into their office with a coffee. Um, it, it's really about building relationships that way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Stay top of mind. Yeah. Now, once you're getting into these, uh, you know, let's say you do have to be competitively priced um, on a, maybe a public job, right. Or, or something like that. And, you know, you, you do want to be real competitively priced. Are there a lot of change orders in your business and your commercial business that you see? Is that, part, is that kind of almost like part of the business plan? Yeah. So you, you see a lot of change orders. I try not to price expecting them. Um, I like to price and go in being covered, which sometimes does put me a little bit more expensive. Okay. But it's very important that on your bid sheet, you spell out everything that you're including and everything that you're excluding. Uh, my exclusions list sometimes bigger than my inclusion list. Right. And that just covers your butt. Wow. And, you know, it shows them exactly what you're pricing, which gives them a chance to compare apples to apples. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get a, another bid in that doesn't include, you know, uh, all the patch and prep work that I've listed, well, then they can see why you're more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really important when you're, when you're sending a commercial bid in. Yeah. So the preparation is, is key. Uh, having your ducks in a row, uh, making sure your contracts are, are tight um, and, and really, you know, showing what you're going to do. And, and like you said, what you're not going to do. Yes. Who, who's doing all this work? Are you, are you doing everything? Um, do you work in the field? Do, are you just the, the office manager or, you know, how is the business structured at this point and how, how many employees? So before COVID-19 hit, I'll base things on that because right now we're really in a not normal situation. Sure. So before COVID-19 hit, you know, we had an office manager. She, uh, you know, took care of the phones, the books, all that stuff. Um, myself and my cousin did a lot of the estimating. Um, he's not so computer savvy. So, you know, he would go through and, and do the takeoff. And then I would enter everything into our, our estimating program, which is really just a customized Excel spreadsheet for delivering our numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use a uh, takeoff software, which helps us out a lot. What's that um, called? Plan Swift. Plan Swift. Okay. Thank you. So then everything else you know, I would manage the jobs. My cousin, two of us would be on site managing, depending how busy we were, we would get our hands in the field too. And, you know, still installing a little bit, um, be working foreman, we'll say, mm-hmm. depending on, on what was going on. Uh, we had a few fellows that worked for us hourly and then we would sub things out from there as well. Yeah. And then now since COVID, how has COVID changed your business? So our office girl doesn't want to come back because the government's paying for her to go to school now and, okay. and upgrade. So, um, so now I'm doing bookkeeping, yeah. <laughs> doing the estimating, 
um, yeah, between my cousin and I were, you know, we're doing everything ourselves now, just the two of us. Um, and then his brother, so my other cousin, uh, who's ticketed carpenter, um, when it comes to doing the work, the three of us right now are going out and doing most of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you have less, do you have less work up there right now? Cause of COVID? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, where we are in Newfoundland here, we've got zero cases of COVID, uh, for the past 40 days, I think. So wow. we're pretty much back to normal. Good. Um, great. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Uh, our tough point now is building supplies. I mean, we live on an Island and it was tough enough to get it in the first place. Yeah. So now things are, are a little strapped. Um, but we're starting to get back to normal. Um, you know, we've priced a few jobs recently that we've, we've won, uh, we're in the midst of finalizing a hotel project here in Newfoundland. So things are picking up and we bid on things outside of Newfoundland as well, somewhat across Canada. Yeah. So we have, have some contacts across Canada. I've got a fella in Ontario that acts as our, um, project coordinator, project manager there. Okay. Um, so that's over 3000 kilometers away. Wow. So <laughs> and, tell me uh, about that. And then I want to dig in. You mentioned, um, financing. I, I do want to touch yeah. on that, but tell me about this, uh, you know, 3000 kilometers away job or, or yeah. so we, I, I lived outside of Newfoundland. Most of my life, I was born here, lived away in Ontario, uh, for the most part, then moved back. But when I was in Ontario, you know, a lot of work on the go there. That's where I did most of my work. And, um, here in Newfoundland, I met this fella who was a, a PM for a company doing a hotel renovation actually. And I was doing the flooring part. Um, he's from Ontario. He, he ended up quitting that company mm. and, uh, working for another company in Ontario, but he's working for us now on a commission basis, helping us gather projects there. Um, and as we get them, he takes care of managing them. Okay. So it's all sub, it's all subcontractor work. That's right. Yeah. 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 We, we do have a few people there, but we don't have enough work on the go there to hire them on consistently hourly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for now it works either my cousin or I'll fly out and check on things. Um, our fellow Roman is there and, and he's running things day to day. We'll say keeping in touch with clients and mm -hmm. working on building this, um, hotel industry is kind of our niche where we're really going after this year. Yeah. Tons of hotels. We thought that they were all going to stop all their renovations and you know, they've stopped some, but there's still quite a few that are, are still going. Oh, so, so you're mainly in the renovation space, not new. Or, so a or, bit or, of both. Yeah. Um, we're pricing some new construction hotels in Ontario. Uh, the one here in Newfoundland is a renovation. Um, we've done a lot of new stores, so yeah, a, a bit of a mix of, of both, but all within the commercial field. Mm -hmm. And are they just curious, uh, are you installing like lobby floors? Uh, or I guess you do all carpets and everything. Um, so you're doing all the flooring obviously, right? Are you yes. doing the showers as well? Yes. What, what is that tile or, or so Lately, they've been getting into this product called Mincy Marble. It's a, a paneling. So it's a fiberglass panel okay. with a tile imprint. Yeah. 
So it's got a tile pattern on it, yeah. but it's, it's pretty much fiberglass. Um, and they just go up in one solid piece on, on each wall. Yeah. Three pieces. Yeah. Are you, is that pretty profitable for you? It's, it is because they're fairly quick. We can do a shower. Once the shower walls are prepped and ready, we can install this mincy marble in an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, we're getting them, you know, we will, we'll knock off a full hotel floor, say 30 units in five days. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty quick and all depends if you're dealing direct or if you're subbing, but the money is, is fairly good anywhere from, 300 to 450 dollars a shower okay okay so and, and two guys will knock them off like i said you'll get uh you'll get six done a day yeah yeah profitable <laughs> for yeah. sure good it's profitable we're, we're trying to educate them too on the you know a better method of installation these guys that are doing these hotel jobs and stuff some of the gcs are they, they just don't have the knowledge in say that shower area mm -hmm. you know on on how to properly prep a shower and things like that. And it's all a budget for them. Um, you know, they, they do these hotel renos fairly frequently. They're, you know, a hotel might renovate this year and, and then again in five or 10 years, renovate the same unit. Because of water damage or just, just? Just wear and tear. But I think a lot of it is preventable. Mm. But um, yeah, well, hopefully we can educate them in some better ways moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That's, you know, that's probably why we lost a lot of the tile. You know, you don't see a lot of tile in, in showers and tub surrounds and hotels anymore uh, due to, you know, poor prep, you know, in my opinion. Um, of course, it takes longer, but uh, they were trying to skip some steps there and we saw a lot of failures. So they, they're going to solid panel, you know, three panel systems. So kind of sad for tile guys, but uh that's uh that's just the way it goes i guess <laughs> they think it's easier and it's going to last but it still will only last um based on what's behind the product right yeah so tell us let's let's jump into this you know you said you're financing a hotel you're financing a, a lot of money here uh what what are you doing to go about that and uh how does that all work right so um, you know, I don't have half a million dollars in the bank to be doing most right. of these jobs. Um, I, I lost, uh, in Ontario, we got, we got stiffed by a GC and a certain fitness industry builder. So we, we took a really hard hit, my wife and I, um, so pretty much started over from scratch again here in Newfoundland when we moved. Um, now we moved things, uh, series of events in Ontario that led us to move back to Newfoundland. My mom passed away and a few other things. So one mm -hmm. move to slow down. Um, and I didn't slow down. I just, I don't know, <laughs> slow down. So <laughs> <laughs> getting into the commercial industry can be expensive, right? You've got to be one willing to um, negotiate with the general contractors about how you get paid. That's, that's the biggest part. Like, you know, we do this. Yes. Cause we like, what we do, but we do it because we want a paycheck, right? We, yeah. We're in this to make money. Yeah, that, That's the simple part of it. Sure. Uh, if, if we're not making money, you know, I can go back to the job I had when I was 16 working at McDonald's. Right. Um, so to be able to do these one, you got to negotiate good terms with your, with your clients, your GCs, um, and make sure that they'll stick to those terms. So, Get a credit check done on them. 
um, ask for references. Mm. Don't be afraid uh, to do those things, you know? Mm. Uh, and I work with a company that's, you know, a billion dollar company and they're in the business of uh, financing. But the cool part is because, you know, when you first start your business, um, most cases, I'm not sure what it's like down in the States, but here in Canada, if you start your business and then apply for a line of credit or something, uh, it doesn't quite work because right. all of a sudden you're not employed anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have a source of income. It's risky. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not getting that line of credit from the bank um, unless you have two years tax statements. So um, I use a process of invoice factoring, which more or less these companies purchase your receivables at an interest rate. So um, first step is you get your clients qualified. So the company I work with will do a background check and investigate the company, make sure they're good to pay their bills, Yeah, which is good to know before you sign a contract. Yeah. That sounds like. Yeah. So, you know, we get that information and it doesn't cost us anything. It's all included in, you know, what ends up being the fees for the transaction. Um, so you get that back. Okay. Your client's qualified. Um, you know, we'll, we'll help you deal with X number of dollars per month from this client. Mm. So, you know, I've had clients that they've approved at $50,000 a month. Some clients they've approved at $500,000 a month um, to be able to do their projects. So you get that in place. Um, then when it comes time to invoicing, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, your client uh, approves the invoice. Mm -hmm. I give it to my partner. Um, and, and that's how they present themselves is your accounts receivable department. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they send off a, a notice of assignment so that the client knows they have to pay them directly. Client signs off on it signs off on the invoice and within 48 hours, I've got a wire transfer in my account, less some fees. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really helps with cash flow, which is the biggest killer in the commercial industry. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can pay our vendors directly. You know, we don't have to worry about getting accounts or anything if we don't want to, um, you know, just, pay for everything cash or, or however, um, you know, keeps our subs paid and just keeps the cash flow going, which yeah. that's the wheel of the business. Yeah. Um, generally these companies charge a percentage every 30 days or they'll charge a percentage based on 30 days. And then if they go over 30 days, then the interest rate is calculated daily. Mm -hmm. So you have to be on your clients. Um, you know, and make sure they pay. Otherwise it will start eating into your profit margin. Mm. But, you know, when I'm doing a quote, I've always got 3% added in there as financing fees. Yeah. And, and that's just part of the quote. And yeah. I tell my clients up front, you know, if you want to pay me faster and save that 3%, you can. Or if you need those 30 or 45 days to pay, it's 3%. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, 3%, that's the same as a credit card financing fee, right? Pretty I, much. I think, I think they're roughly 3%. If, yeah. Like if I paid you with credit card, it would cost me an extra 3% or that's right. are you an extra 3%? Um, 
So it's actually sim- not bad. The, f- the processing fees aren't bad. No, they're not bad at all. And the amount of money that's available through that method is incredible. Yeah. And are you, um, are they, are they bringing, you know, like legal representation to the, to the table as well? I mean, are they, are they collecting the money if it goes delinquent for you or how does that work? Yeah. So they're the first course of action on collecting the funds. Um, so of course there's two different, um, two different models of factoring. There's a non-recourse and a recourse. So the non-recourse means you're not on the hook mm-hmm. if the client defaults on payment. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I don't think we have that option in the construction industry. Right. Which means if my client defaults on payment, I am on the hook for those funds. Oh, yeah. So you, you want to make sure you've got a good relationship built. You really know the client. Uh, you've done the credit checks, which, you know, our partner does that for yeah. us, make sure that they're good. They qualify them as a good payer. I believe there's some companies, some of these invoice factoring companies that will do a non-recourse for construction, but it is at a higher percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to really look into the details of it all. Um, there is risk. Nothing's risk-free. Yeah. Um, you just got to do your homework. And like I said, make sure you know your client. You know, if you've heard that this general contractor is constantly 90 days or late paying people, you know, they don't uh, pay their 10% hold back. They find reasons for, you know, dodging that and, and these other things, then stay away from them. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just don't take the chance. Don't take the risk. And I've learned the hard way. You know, I've, I've done it and my 10% holdbacks disappeared. All of a sudden, all these fees come out that, you know, they've got back charges for disposal and a bunch of other things they've made up. Wow. So you, you got to really know your clients. There's, there's a list of ones that I won't work with now. What's the name of the, um, the financing company you work with? So the one I work with is Fund Through, and they're in, uh, they're based out of Toronto, Ontario. Um, but there's, there's plenty of them worldwide and fund through makes it so easy. I mean, once you get your account set up, you upload your invoice to them and you actually send your invoice out through their uh, web portal so that your client will get a, a co-branded email. There they are. That's them. Yep. If anybody's um, listening to this, the link will be in the, in the show notes here, but I'm showing the website on, on YouTube. Perfect. And uh, I'll be upfront with it. If you go there and you end up registering with them and tell them, you know, my name is there, uh, talk to Kelly and I get a, uh, a referral. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for letting us know. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that for sure. There's a lot of these affiliate programs nowadays, uh, with people who are using a business and want to, you know, tell others about it. Um, so just tell them, tell them what now? Yeah. So talk to Kelly. Uh, she's one of the account managers there. Oh, Kelly. Um, and just give them my name. Okay. And, um, you know, you'll get a referral as well. You get a little bonus when you first start and I get a little bonus too. Great. Yeah. So let, let them know Michael Mullet sent you. Yep. And Kelly will take care of you. She's awesome. Uh, they're all working at home right now from uh, the, cause of the COVID-19 Toronto is still a, a hot spot in Canada. Yeah. I think a couple hundred cases uh, 
they're down to maybe I think a hundred or two hundred cases a day in Ontario they're getting, which is that's not bad. No, no. now it the, does. I do think this is um, available for U.S. as well. I thought I saw that somewhere. Yes, I believe they are. Yeah. So this might be something uh, interesting to look look into if anybody's uh, looking to get into commercial work, but you know doesn't know how to front that money for sixty to ninety days. Um, you know, I, I think Michael just broke it down. That, that was valuable. I mean, it's good. Um, so I think I'm not sure, but I think Fund Through might do purchase order financing as well. So when it comes to ordering your materials. Oh, really? Um, they'll want to see, you know, there's certain things that have to be done and certain processes that have to be in place. I can't speak for them on that exactly, but I believe, you know, that they offer that option as well. Tons of different creative ways to make it work. And that's just what you got to do. You got to get creative. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It sounds um, like you're, you're good at that, you know, starting uh, a second business and, you were sharing with me recently, we've got some more time here. Uh, you were sharing with me some recent expansion with a new business partner. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, um, how you how you approach that and the benefits and so forth. Yeah, so my cousin, uh, Wade, that's his name. He's journeyman carpenter. You know, he's been in commercial construction since he was uh, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. He's 36 now, so quite some time at it. Mm -hmm. His dad as well. He's second generation. You know, my uncle was one of the foremen on the, uh, the Skydome build in Toronto. Okay. Um, so, you know, good family history there of good, good builders. Yeah. He was slow with work. Couldn't, couldn't really find a, a job we'll say. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, well, why don't you start a business? Mm -hmm. You know, find your own work. I'm bidding on all this work. Why don't you bid on the, um, commercial side of the, uh, or the carpentry side of it? Yeah. Um, so he did. And, uh, then I said, why are we paying two insurances, two workers compensations? Like this is just silly. So we created a, a company together. Yeah. And you kind of merged uh, the two. That's right. We merged the two, um, got an office space and, um, you know, went at it serious. Okay. And how's that working out so far? Good. Uh, it's working out well. Starting to get traction um, again. You know, before COVID, it was pretty good. We were bidding on jobs. We were we were winning some. Um, some of the ones we won did. You know, they they did get canceled. Um, but we're back at it again now. We've got a lot of maintenance contracts here now. Okay. Which you know, some people turn their nose up to maintenance contracts, but um, the profit margins I find are a lot higher. Really? Uh, way, way higher, actually. Okay. In, in, in that side of things, you know, you go in and you can't price things by the piece because you don't know how long it's going to take. So you estimate your hourly rates, bill it out and um, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. We've got a, a question from the audience here. Joseph uh, Lambert asks, if it comes to commercial work, are they insisting that you install all types of flooring or is that just your personal choice? Most commercial uh, projects, when you're bidding on them, they'll want you to to do all flooring. Um, typically, what's excluded is terrazzos and epoxies are excluded, but they'll want all resilient flooring and ceramic in in one bid. 
So if you don't do ceramics, I suggest partnering with a guy that does, um, you know, on a, you don't have to merge businesses, but put the bid in together on one company and do the job together. Mm. Yeah. Get creative. Yeah. And Joseph's probably solely into ceramic from what I believe. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I like it, you know, creative, creative business minds, you know, looking for ways to expand different services to offer. I mean, these are, this is a, a different business model than I normally talk about, but it's a, a you know, as, as Matthew's saying, and as you or Michael, excuse me, saying here, uh, it's, uh, it can be a profitable business. Um, and you know, done right. It can be a great business. Um, if that's something that you're after. And I know recently I've had a lot of a lot of folks, a lot of tile contractors ask me about getting into commercial work. So I, I think you really provide a lot of value here, Michael, uh, and answered some questions. Uh, if, if anybody's got any, any more questions, uh, type them away here in the chat box and we'll get to them. Yeah. I, I, one thing I do recommend is getting a maintenance contract. Mm. Um, you know, get a maintenance contract with one or two places that keeps your cash flow going while yeah. you're waiting for these projects to start. Yeah. Cause you're not always going to jump from, you know, one project to the next, at least we don't hear it's not as busy here. Um, you know, if I was in another part of Canada, we probably could just keep rolling from one larger project to the next, Yeah. but having those maintenance contracts really, really helps. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes a lot of sense to me. So, well, uh, looks like that's it from the audience. Looks like your boys are back there. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> Well, listen, yeah. Michael, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview and uh, share your business knowledge and, uh, you know, share the commercial, you know, knowledge that you have. And I'm looking forward to kind of watching your business grow and, and checking in with you. And if anybody has any questions, uh, Michael, where can people find you? I know you're in the Tile Money Facebook group. Yeah, Tile Money Facebook group. Um, that's the easiest way. You can uh, email me if you like, Michael at rrich.ca. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we'll include that in the show notes as well. Right on. All right, Michael, will you enjoy your evening? I know you've got uh, some stuff to do tonight. And, uh, and uh, I, once again, appreciate you sharing your knowledge. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yep. All right, Tile friends. Uh, well, that wraps up another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. Uh, until next time, stay profitable out there, Tile friends. <laughs>